Hey guys, Kyle about Kyle Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 79. Um, obviously, going to have to take a look back at the NFL, Super Wildcard Weekend, looking ahead to the Divisional. We'll kick it off today with Francis Ngannou talk, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury, and then a look ahead at UFC 283 this weekend. Uh, my current top 11 NBA power rankings, reacting to Super Wildcard Weekend, <coughs> and then uh, ranking the eight teams left in the playoffs. And then we'll go divisional round predictions, and we'll end it with my 4.5 2023 NFL mock draft with trades. So this will be the ninth mock. Um, this will have a few some trades. Um, again, these aren't obviously very could be no. These trades might not be very realistic. This is what I think would be interesting for a mock, though. Uh, just doing three trades, basically one, two trades involving one team, and then another one, obviously after that. But again, we'll get into Francis Ngannou. Obviously, uh. Yesterday, Dana White announced he was Francis was going to be stripped of the title and released immediately from his contract, no matching period, um, and that John Jones and Cyril Gan would fight for the vacant heavyweight title at UFC 285 March 4th. Pretty sure they have two pay-per-views scheduled for March because they got the one this coming weekend for January. In February, we have Volkanovski and Mahachev. And then March 4th, we have Jones gone. And I think March 18th is when we'll have Usman Edwards 3. I don't know if that means there won't be one for April or what they'll do. I think they tried to stick to 12 pay-per-views a year. So there might be, you know, April might not be a pay-per-view month. Who knows? I don't know what they'll do. This I guess here, can we, I might be able to look ahead at the schedule. So it's a UFC 283, obviously... This weekend, January 21st, February 4th. And then a couple weeks later, February 12th, Makachev, which technically, oh yeah, it is, yeah. February 12th is Mahachev versus Volkanovski for the lightweight title. UFC 285 scheduled to be March 4th. UFC 286 at the O2 Arena in London, scheduled for March 18th. Uh, UFC 287 is actually scheduled for April 8th. Huh, okay, so they will. I don't. Then they haven't gone past April. Okay, so maybe they're just throwing an extra pay-per-view this year, or maybe we'll get a month in, you know, September or something where we don't have one. I don't know what they're going to do there. But, uh, yeah, so... No, sorry. UFC 283... They do have that. Okay, so we got that because we're going to take a look at that. We're going to get into, you know, we're going to preview the card. I'll give my early predictions. Probably won't be set in stone. And then we'll do. We'll look at the odds as well. I have that. Um, but, yeah, so Nganu released from the UFC. He is a free agent, 100% a free agent. Um, you know, Dana obviously isn't going to release every aspect of the side of the story. You know, he says Nganu wants to fight lesser competition for – more money, and now he can go do that, but it's like, Nganu was going to fight Jones, he just wanted more time, and he wanted other things put in his contract, he was fighting for other stuff, um, I don't understand where Dana's come from, he even said today on his, he, he was on Ariel's show today, he said, yeah, my three fights probably would have been, I would have, I would have thought been Jones and Stipe for sure, back to back, uh, and then possibly Jones again, or a Gone, or a Blades, or a Pavlich, somebody to end it. He asked for a three-fight deal, and he thought Jones, Stipe, be the first two. And then, you know, maybe Jones again, 
or Cyril Gaon or Curtis Blades or Pavlich, whoever's winning at that time, whoever's moved up and has secured themselves as the number one contender. Um, but obviously that will not happen. I mean, he, he could still come back for sure. Um, he just said, you know, he asked for, he wanted his own sponsorships. He wanted to have, make, be able to make more money than being with whatever the, whoever they're with venom or whoever it is. I don't know. Um, he wanted, he wanted more sponsorships. Um, he wanted universal healthcare to be started for the fighters. The UFC was not willing to compromise on any of that. Let me grab a drink. So with the UFC just not being able to compromise on that, he didn't he wasn't gonna sign a contract. And that's just how it goes, you know. I, I think he did well holding his end of the bargain and he didn't give in and sell out just because they offered him $10 million flat for fights, which is a lot of money. That's not including pay-per-view points. He was offered Borden Brock. Apparently, he was offered right around the nine, eight to $10 million mark, and that's not even including the pay-per-view. So he could have been making upwards of $25 million for that um, for that uh, John Jones fight. And, you know, that he, he, that he said that's not what it was all about. He said it's all about other stuff, too, securing other stuff and helping out the, the rest of the fighters and stuff. I could honestly see him joining with Anderson and Jake Paul, getting this fighters union started. Um, I don't know what he's going to do next. Uh, obviously, a big boxing match could be up there. But, I mean, Fury's pretty much tied into Usyk for April or May, I think, that fight will be. Deontay Wilder's probably tied into Ruiz, he can get out of that. He didn't have to fight Ruiz, so you could get a Deontay Wilder and Ganu fight, which would be spectacular, I think. I doubt Anthony Joshua's taking that. That's just probably not in his realm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of sucks, and you know, it's weird because no matter what anyone says, the winner of Jones gone, whoever captures that title will not be the best heavyweight on planet Earth. The best heavyweight on planet Earth is a free agent. He is the best heavyweight on planet Earth anywhere. In the in MMA, he is the best. The winner of this fight will not be the best fight, the best heavyweight. I hope he comes back. I don't know if he will, but the, yeah, the best heavyweight on planet Earth will not be declared. Will not be the winner of that fight on March fourth. Ngannou will still be the heavyweight champion. Will, in my opinion, is still the heavyweight champion and is still the best heavyweight on planet Earth. That's just that's just my opinion, and uh, I don't I don't think you can say anything else. Look at his look at his run. You know, look at Francis Ngannou's run. Uh, let's take a look real quick at that resume. Obviously, he had the two duds in the middle. Um, that were not great for him. Um, but, I mean, just look at the recent run. You know, the start off his UFC career, knockout over Luis Enrique, knockout over Curtis Blades, knockout over Bojan Mihovic, submission over Anthony Hamilton, knockout Andre Arlovsky, knockout Alistar, then has the duds, Stipe and Derek Lewis, decision losses, duds. Then they throw him probably the worst matchup for him in Curtis Blades, a pure wrestler. Knocked him out in 45 seconds. Cain Velasquez knocked him out in 26 seconds. Junior DeSantos knocked him out in a minute. Jorginho Rosenstruck knocked him out in a minute. Or 20 seconds. Stipe knocked him out in the second round. Cyril Gaon on a blown-out knee gets a decision by using wrestling. In my opinion, he is one of the best heavyweight resumes of all time. Um, he's a, I, In my opinion, you have to discuss him as the greatest heavyweight ever. In my honest opinion, you do. And that's just who Francis Ngannou is. But yeah, that's we'll leave that at that. And we'll see what happens with Francis' future. Obviously, we'll see what he does next. 
Uh, and then, you know, still, though, that Jones-Gone fight's incredible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that fight's not uh, awesome. That's a great fight, and I can't wait for that March 4th, the return of John Jones, taking on Cyril Gone for the undisputed heavyweight title. But Francis looms over that fight and looms over that division for a while. Um, so Jake Paul, Tommy Fury, I don't know. Jake Paul hasn't come out and said anything, but Ariel broke the story today. I'm looking at MMA fighting right now. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, targeted for February 25th. Third time will hopefully be the charm for Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. On Tuesday, it was revealed the boxing match between Paul and Fury had been rebooked once again. The bout will take place February 25th. Sources confirmed to MMA fighting that agreements are in place from Paul and Fury, although the exact location, venue, broadcast partner are still be determined. ESPN reported that the fight is expected to take place in Saudi Arabia, but no official announcement has been made on that yet. Um, Paul and Fury obviously been linked to fight for a long, long time. Um, I don't know what to think. You know, I think Jake Paul probably beats him. I hope it happens. I'm not going to be, I will believe it when they both make the walk and are punching each other though. Um, but yeah, so that looks like Jake Paul's next fight. He's been looking for something. No one's been biting. Uh, Nate Diaz, obviously rumors about him going to Ryzen, um, and fighting, uh, Floyd Mayweather or Manny Pacquiao potentially in an exhibition boxing match, but probably making a boatload of money there too. I don't know if he just doesn't want to give in to Jake Paul's bullshit or what, but yeah, it looks like Nate's going to do that potentially. Not for sure. That's not set in stone either, but that is a rumor that uh, Nate Diaz will fight in Ryzen next, which is interesting to me. I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm sure he's going to make you know, $10, 20000000 million though doing it, so good for him. Um, but yeah, Jake Paul's fight. I think Saudi is probably the place it'll happen because Jake Paul has said that if he's going to fight Tommy Fury, that he's taking no financial burden. He wants to be paid, and that is it. He wants to not run anything about the anything about the show that goes on that night. And Saudi Arabia is usually a, usually one that will take that on and take on the burden of the financial uh, stuff on the side. So that would be likely because it, usually if it's in America or in the UK, you're not just going to have somebody pay everything saudi boatloads of money they would be willing to do that i think so that's probably likely that it is in saudi but let's look ahead now to ufc 283 before we get into nba my nba rankings and then pretty much all things nfl to uh, for the rest of this pod um so ufc 283 will take place in brazil correct create take place in uh, rio de janeiro brazil this saturday two title fights a uh, vacant light heavyweight title fight between Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill and a flyweight uh, undisputed title fight between David Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno for a fourth time. Um, so yeah, Glover and Jamal Hill, interesting fight. You know, obviously there was a draw between Blahovich and Ankalaev. Yuri obviously got injured, so they made that for the title. That went to a draw, so Dana just threw the title on this one. I love the fight. Um, I'm interested to see the odds. I, from what I've heard about the odds is that Jamal Hill might be a slight favorite. We're going to check. I'm going to check. I have them on the tab, but I have not seen them. We're going to wait to see that. I would I would think Glover should be favored in this. I think uh, it's not as a foregone conclusion though, that Glover is going to run through Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill is very fast and powerful and dangerous. Um, he could get Glover out of there quickly. Uh, it's a great fight, though. And obviously, Figueredo Moreno, co-main event for the Undisputed Flyweight title, fourth time. It's 1-1-1, each with a win and then a draw. Um, great fight there as well. I mean, these are the two best flyweights on planet Earth. Uh, that fight at 125, obviously DJ is a flyweight technically, but their flyweight's 135. Um, that's going to be a great fight. And then, uh, oh yeah, we'll go back and do pred- uh, quick predictions over Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. Gilbert Burns, this is supposed to be Masvidal. I don't know what Masvidal's doing if he was hoping that Usman was hurt and that he was going to get the title shot. That's not the case. Uh, Neil Magny and Gilbert Burns should be a great fight. Um, let's check Neil Magny's recent fights. 
Um, make sure, sure, sure. He's coming off a submission win over uh, Daniel Rodriguez. His, and then before that, he lost to, you know, Shavkat, who's a killer. But before that, he beat Max Griffin and Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal's on a tear now as well. So that's a great fight. Um, I believe Gilbert, what, has Gilbert lost two in a row? Or has he won one in between? Let me see. Gilbert's lost one. Yeah, he won one in between. Okay, so when he came back to return to welterweight, he won against Alexei Kunchenko. Beat Gunnar Nelson, Damian Maia, Tyron Woodley, lost to Uzman for the title, then beat Wonderboy, and then lost to Hamza and won a fight of the year candidate. So that should be a great one. Jessica Andrade versus Lauren Murphy in the flyweight division should be very good. Um, Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, huge fight for both. Um, Johnny Walker coming off a win after a two-fight skid. He beat Kutalabe via submission. Paul Craig, obviously a submission guy. He's coming off a loss, I believe. Um, yeah, he's coming off the loss to Ozdemir via decision where I didn't think he looked very good. And before that, he was on one, two, three, four, five, six fight unbeaten streak with a draw and five wins. You know, so it's a good fight. I mean, it's a really good fight. Honestly, it's a really good fight card. You also have uh, Terrence McKinney on the card, Warley Alves fighting Nicholas Dalby, Thiago Moisais on the card, Gregory Rodriguez, and Shogun Hua, and what, hopefully his last fight, but who knows with this guy. Um, Shogun is what, 30, 41 now. Time to call it quits. Okay. Great card though. Go over the main card predictions. I think for fan fight picks, we'll probably do we'll probably have seven or eight on this one. Um definitely the five of the main card. Uh quickly, I'll go Jamal Hill, round one stoppage is my early prediction. I'm gonna go Moreno via fourth round submission over Figueredo. Burns beats Magni via decision. Andrade beats Murphy via decision. I'm gonna go Johnny Walker via third round stoppage over Paul Craig. So let's look at the odds here. Uh, I always go. I like to go off either BetMGM or FanDuel. FanDuel does have Jamal Hill minus 132 to Glover's plus 104. The Figueredo Moreno fight is legit a pick them, both minus 113. Gilbert Burns minus 430. I agree with that, plus 300 for Magny. Lauren, I mean, Jessica Andrade minus 530 to Lauren Murphy's plus 360. I agree with that as well. Uh, Johnny Walker minus 200 against Paul Craig's 154. I like Johnny in that fight, but man, that's tasty. Uh, having Paul Craig as the dog there. It's not a, that's not an easy fight for Johnny Walker. Shogun is a dog. Um, what was the other fighter? Uh, Terrence McKinney. He is a, he is a slight favorite against, um, Ismail Bumfum. And then Warley Alva is a slight favorite against Nicholas Dalby. That's a good card though for the UFC. Um, but yeah, that'll be UFC 283. Uh, this weekend we'll obviously have you know, I guess we can take a quick look at last week's card, and if we want to look at what's next, it wasn't a great card. Um, results: Dan Ige got a big win. That was huge for him, who's on a three-fight losing streak at featherweight. Uh, so let's look at let's look at that uh, UFC rankings. Where is Dan Ige going to be ranked now? Um, so we'll look at where he's ranked in the featherweight division. He is ranked 13. Hmm. I think a fight maybe with Bryce Mitchell or Sadiq Yusuf. Has he fought either of those guys? Yeah, I think a, a Sadiq Yusuf fight would be very entertaining. I think that should be the next one for him. And obviously, Sean Strickland got a win at middleweight. He was a late replacement. Good win for him. He's ranked 7. Hmm. Maybe. Let's look at that. Let's look at Sean Strickland and see. Who we can match him up with that he hasn't fought. He's He was obviously on a two-fight losing streak before that. He hasn't fought a lot of the top guys, really. So who's looking for a fight? Honestly, you could go Brunson. They haven't fought, have they? They have not. You could go Brunson or you could go Paulo Costa. 
But we don't know what Paulo Costa's doing. You could go Robert Whitaker as well. Uh, Robert Whitaker's looking for a fight. You go Whitaker or Brunson, I think, is the what makes sense most for uh, Sean Strickland. But, yeah, we'll uh, bounce. We'll come back and review the fight card after the fights, you know, next Tuesday. Um, but let's get into some NFL stuff. Or first, we're going to go with my current top 10, 11, power, top 11 NBA power rankings. I have the Denver Nuggets at one. I have the Grizzlies. Hold on. I have the Grizzlies at two. I have the Celtics at three. The Nets at four. The Bucks at five. Cavs at six. Sixers at seven. So I went, this is how my rankings go. Top two are the West. Next five are the East. Bottom four of my rankings are the West. Pelicans eight. Mavs nine. Kings ten. Warriors eleven. I just think the way I'm going current too, I'm not going off who I truly think's the best in the league. Because if I did that, I would probably have the top three in the East, the Celtics, next Nets, and Bucks as my top three. I'm going off current form though. I think the Nuggets and Grizzlies are playing the best basketball in the NBA, so you have to have them at the top. Maybe you could have the Celtics at one, but the Nuggets and Grizzlies have to be in the top three. It's a muster in the top three. They're playing too good right now. So let's react to Super Wild Guard Weekend. Boy, was it crazy. Uh, we'll start in the NFC. 49ers dominant second half gets them a 41-23 win over Seattle. Yeah, they didn't look very good in the first half. Obviously down one at half, but really just blew that game open in the second half. And, you know, he outscored them. Is that 25 to 25 to 6 in the second half? They really showed their defense came to play in the second half. They looked very good. And in my opinion, they're the favorites to win the NFC. I think they're the best team. That doesn't mean I'm going to have them winning because they do play my Cowboys. But we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, they look like the best team in the NFC right now for sure. I called it. Giants upset Vikings. I said it. I said it over and over. I said this was a tough, tough matchup. A tough, tough matchup. Um... I had it 30-27, Giants, ended 31-24. I said this was tough, though. This was a tough matchup for the Vikings, and I just didn't believe in Kirk Cousins. I like Dayball. I like Saquon. I like their defense better. And Daniel Jones played lights out, and I said that he'd have to for them to win. He did. He definitely did. Almost 400 yards of offense. He had two touchdowns. He played a, He played unbelievable. And the Giants are going to be a tough out for Philly. Uh, the Giants are just playing really good football right now. Cowboys handled Tom and the Bucks 31-14. Yeah, I mean, I said going in that I, the Cowboys were the better team, undoubtedly the better team, but it was Tom Brady and it was the Dallas Cowboys who have folded in the playoffs multiple times. And Tom Brady is a playoff machine, 35 playoff wins. He was actually even with the Dallas Cowboys. He had 35 playoff wins. The Cowboys had 35. Cowboys now have one more, which that's huge. Um, but, yeah, the Cowboys played really well. Defense, The defense got after him. Dak was extraordinary. Obviously, the kicker was terrible, but – Dak was unreal, and the defense was unreal, and that's how the Cowboys are going to have to, the defense going to have to play that lights out, and Dak's going to have to play that good if they want to beat the Niners. They probably got to put up 30, 31 some points because the Niners are going to the defense going to play well, but the Niners are going to score more than fourteen. That's going to happen. But uh, yeah, great win for my boys, and I'm I'm thrilled to get you know get a playoff one. Uh, it's it's always good, and hopefully we can go down to San Fran pull off an upset. Um, AFC Jags. Come back from 27 down to beat the Chargers 31-30. I mean, what a total upset of halves. Trevor Lawrence was abysmal in half one, and he was unbelievable in half two. And in my opinion, though, you know, me, me, me and Fee were texting. We were like, man, is it 
is it out of the woods they come back in this? Because let's be real, the Chargers didn't play good in the first half. They were given great field position. They were given a lot of good things in that half. And the Jaguars, once they cut out the turnovers, they got back into the game. And that's what we were talking about. It's like, man, the Chargers haven't played good. The Jaguars just played so bad and gifted them everything. And there you go. The Jags come all the way back and get the win. Um, they'll go play the Chiefs, so I don't think they have a chance of beating. But you never know. It's the playoffs now. Anything can happen in the playoffs, man. Um, but, yeah, what a comeback by the Jags. Trevor Lawrence, a dog. Uh, Bills have a tougher game than we all thought. Um, beat Fins 34-31. Yeah, and, again, the Bills kind of gave the Dolphins a lot of points, too, with turnovers and stuff like that and just not playing good football. I wasn't impressed by the Bills or the Bengals, to be completely honest with you. The Bengals' defense looked really suspect. Um, I know the Bills aren't a great run team, but you have to think Josh Allen's going to be seeing that, thinking, man, I could get, I could have a day running 100 yards and a touchdown or something like that. Um, but, yeah, that Bengals edge out Ravens with a huge fumble, fumble recovery. Touchdown to win 24-17. Ravens are about to go win the game. And they go, they do the quarterback sneak. He tries to go over the top. Ball gets batted right into Sam Hubbard's hands. He goes 98 yards to the house. And that was the game. Um, Bengals edged out. Bengals did not impress me. Neither the Bills. The Bills and the Bengals did not impress me. And they're going to play each other. And it'll be interesting. But I, I kind of like the Bills a little more than I like the Bengals now. A little bit more. So let's rank the eight teams left in the playoffs. This is who I think are the best teams. So I have the Giants at eight. Call me crazy. I do have the Jags over them by one. I like Trevor Lawrence a little more if they have a Super Bowl winning head coach. I have the Eagles actually at six. I've never been an Eagles believer, never been a full believer, and I think an upset could happen this weekend with the Giants. I really do think that could happen. Uh, But I have the Eagles at six. I have the Cowboys at five. If Dak plays like that, they're better than the Eagles. You know, but it's it's always a big question of what Dak are you going to get. You get that Dak, they might be the best team in the NFC. They they might be able to beat they might beat the Forty ers if they uh, they might beat the Forty ers if they uh, play like that. Actually, no, I will say if they do play like that, they will beat the Forty ers It's just a question of if they will. I have the Bengals at four. I had them over the Bills, but I don't have them anymore. I didn't like how the run defense looked, and really didn't like how the offense looked either. Um, and I'm just going to give the edge to the Bills, who I've ranked at three at home probably. Um, I got the Niners at two, and then I know t- team that didn't play the Chiefs. I got them at one. Um, still think you know they're the best player in football, um, and that gives you, in, in my opinion, an edge going into every game. If you have the best player on the field, they do. Uh, does that mean they're going to win? No, it doesn't. But I think right now, currently, they're the best team. Them and the Niners are my Super Bowl pick, probably. No, it's not actually. <laughs> well, it was before the it was before the Cowboys Buccaneers game. I'm probably gonna. I, it's it's going to be a hard overhead pick. Do I think the Niners are probably going to win? Yes, but I, in my heart of hearts, I want the Cowboys to win so bad that I'm probably going to be picking them. So let's get into my divisional picks. Uh, Saturday at three thirty, Jaguars at the Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs thirty-one twenty-three. I think Lawrence and them play really. I think they play well. They play hard and they fight, but I think the Arrowhead and Mahomes is going to be a little too much for them this year. Uh, Giants at Eagles, Saturday at 7.15. This is what I said. It's going to be a tough, tough game. I can't believe the spread's 7.5. I do not see a blowout. I see the Eagles winning by 3. I got the Eagles 27-24 Saturday night. Bengals at Bills, Sunday at 2. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be an epic game. I'm going to give the edge to the home team. I'm going to go Bills 37-34. Cowboys at Niners, Sunday at 5.30. It's going to be one of the tougher defenses Brock Purdy has played all year. He's a rookie. Dak's had some playoff experience. I think the Cowboys defense turns him over a few times. Dak plays well again. Cowboys 31-27. I have, so I have the Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Cowboys in the uh, title games. 
that is my prediction. So now let's get into the mock draft with trades. Okay, let me grab a drink before we start this. Okay. So I have a I'll do the trades before. I have a Bears double trade down. So the first thing is the Bears trade pick one to the Texans for pick two and twelve. I did this because I think the Texans are worried that the Colts might jump up to four. Jump up from four to one to get the quarterback that they want. Then I have the Bears trading pick two to the Colts for pick four, a 2023 third, and a 2024 first. Colts worried about maybe a Seahawks or a Raiders or a Falcons or a Panthers just absolutely giving a haul to the Bears. So the Bears now end up with pick two or pick four, pick 12, a 2023 third, and a 2024 first. Then I have an Eagles trade up to get their edge. Obviously, the Eagles have 10 and 31. They're going to trade both those to the Lions to trade up to six. Those are the trades I got for this mock. So we'll kick it off. Texans, they're going to go quarterback. First two picks are now going to be quarterback locked. Right now, I've heard the Texans like Bryce Young the most. I'm going to go Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, to the Houston Texans at number one. At two, the Colts. They are more of the, I think, from what I've heard, is they're more of the pro-style offense. C.J. Stroud or Will Levis would fit that perfectly. Does that mean if they got one, would they change? Because maybe they're thinking that man, we're probably going to get the second. They're probably going to be the second team dig quarterback. So if they had one, would they take Bryce Young? They probably would. But I'm here. It's C.J. Stroud. He's much better than Will Levis. I'm going Stroud at two out of quarterback of Ohio State to the Colts at two. Cardinals dream for them. They get Will Anderson the edge out of Alabama now at three. Bears. They want to stay in the top four because they know probably two quarterbacks are going in the top four, so that means they get Anderson or Carter. Well, they got four. They're going Jalen Carter, the interior D lineman out of Georgia. That's a dream for them. They get assets, and they still get one of the good defensive players. Seahawks at five. Uh, they're going with their edge. Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Um, this is an easy pick for me. Not easy, I would say, because Tyree Wilson, I think, is going to shoot up. You could see Tyree Wilson going over Miles Murphy by the time the draft rolls around and stuff and they go through the combine because I think that guy's going to be a freak. So then the Eagles at six, who traded up, they go Tyree Wilson, the edge at attack. They get their edge rusher that they really want, and uh, you know he's a, he could be a very special player. At seven, the Raiders. You could be going quarterback. I think they're going to be more in the market for the veteran type. They may take Will Levis here. It could be a possibility. Obviously, I haven't heard anything, but I'm going to go offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State to protect that veteran quarterback. That they, could they get Rodgers? Uh, you know, could they get um, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo? Who knows? Jimmy G was with... Josh McDaniels. So one of those three, could they possibly get him? Let's protect him. Falcons at eight. I'm going, they need a defensive player, just the best defensive player available. I'm going Brian Brice, the interior D lineman out of Clemson. Falcons got a lot of holes. Could be quarterback. I think they're going to be in play for a, a veteran, though, like a Jimmy G or possibly a Tannehill, something like that, I, or Baker, something like that, though. Panthers at nine. This is easy. They're going Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. Uh, they got to go young. You know, I I know they have Corral and Darnold. Will they bring back Darnold? Who knows? Could they have Will Levis and Corral in there? I don't know what's going to happen. Really depends on who their ne- next head coach is, too. So the Lions, they've obviously traded down. They now have three first-round picks, one at 10, one at 18, and one at 31. So here at 10, this is probably the guy who would have them taken at six. So now they get him at 10, and they add another pick. Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. Long, athletic. These are the, This is the way the corners are kind of going. You want the big, long, athletic corners. Um, and that's who they're going to get here in Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. Titans probably got to get some offensive linemen. You know they're kind of they got banged up this year. Lawan probably going to get cut. I'm going to go Peter Skoronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern. Bears with their second pick now because they are at 12. They're going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. 
to go with Claypool and Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet there at that receiving core. That's a huge upgrade for them. Justin Fields, you know, they get their they get their interior D linemen, their staple. Now they get to help Justin Fields. Obviously, you could say is offensive lineman more of a need. It could be, but I think you also got to help Fields in the passing game, which I can't. I wouldn't be you wouldn't be wrong if you go Broderick Jones here though. Uh, and that's who goes next to the Jets. Broderick Jones, a tackle out of Georgia. Uh, whoever that quarterback's going to be, whether it's Mike White or a veteran Jimmy G, somebody like that, you got to help him get Broderick Jones. Patriots, Belichick's known to love, also love some of the big athletic guys. You know, he took uh, in Keel Harry. I'm going to go Quentin Johnston here, the wide receiver to TCU. I don't think he's better than Jordan Addison, but I think, you know, could, can you find, can you get Mac Jones a guy, instead of just check down, check down, can you get a guy you can throw, take the top off? He's fast, he's big. Big play threat guy. Let's get Mac Jones that guy. Packers, whether it's uh, Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback or Jordan Love, go get Jordan Addison for that quarterback, please. Wide receiver out of USC at 15. Redskins at 16. They're thrilled with what's here. Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback of the Penn State. Again, big, long athlete at corner. They're thrilled there at 16. Steelers, this is where I've usually had Broderick Jones going, but the tackles have kind of flown up my board. So I think they wait a little bit because I think they can get one at the back end. So I'm going corner Keeley Ringo, the corner out of Georgia for the Steelers because they also need secondary help. Uh, Lions with their second pick at 18. Trenton Simpson, they need some help at interior linebacker. They need to upgrade there. Trenton Simpson out of Clemson, phenomenal pick. Buccaneers, right now we don't know what's going to happen. I, you could have Anthony Richardson going here for sure. But I'm gonna, right now I'm going to go Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. Obviously we'll have a million mock drafts before the draft happens and everything happens in between. So I'm going Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. Seattle, they also go corner. They took... They took uh, Miles Miles Murphy. They would love Trenton Simpson here, who I've had mocked to almost the entire time. They'll go corner here. Clark Phillips out of Utah. Ravens receiver, Keishawn Boutte, the wide receiver at LSU. It's a must pick. They got to pick a receiver, and they got to hit on that receiver. Uh, Chargers at twenty two. I'm going to go Jalen Duncan, the tackle. Got to help Herbert. This could definitely be a defensive pick, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stick with what they've got for now, and I'm going to let's help Herbert out. Stay stay upright. Uh, Vikings, obviously 23 now because of the loss in the playoffs. They're going to go Devon Witherspoon in the corner of Syracuse, though. Big, long guy again, and they need help in the secondary. That was evident um, Sunday. Jaguars, Evan Ingram's played unreal. Will they pay him what he's probably going to get in the open market? I'm going to say no. I'm going to go Michael Mayer, the tight end of Notre Dame here, to the Jaguars at 24. Uh, 25, the Giants. I'm going to go with a receiver for Daniel Jones, Jalen Hyatt. Take the top off the defense guy. Wide receiver out of Tennessee. I love that pick. Cowboys, same guy. I would like a corner here. I just don't like the corners that are available here in this spot. Obviously, I would love Witherspoon to fall or a Cam Smith or a Clark Phillips. I don't think that's realistic right now. Maybe Witherspoon if the Vikings would choose to go uh, receiver or something or a D lineman. So I'm going to go Drew Sanders again, the interior linebacker out of Arkansas to the Cowboys. Uh, Bengals at 27. Gotta help. Gotta get some alignment again. I'm gonna go Anton Harrison. Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma, to the Bengals. Broncos via the Niners. Love this guy. Isaiah Foskey, the edge out of Notre Dame. I think it's a home run pick. They need an edge to replace Bradley Chubb. Uh, 29. The Bills. This is where I have. I, I just don't know where to mock Bijan. I really just don't. I don't think he goes 29, but I have him going 29 here to the Bills, which could use an every down back. Chiefs, they're going to get Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia, who wasn't able to play in the playoffs. He looks like a stud. And the Lions, who now have that 31st pick from the Eagles, they can take their quarterback of the future here and get him on the five-year, get him with that team option. So I'm going to go Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, to the Lions at 31. At 32, the Steelers took your secondary guy in Ringo. Now you can get your offensive lineman, DeWand Jones, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State, is who I like a lot um, there for the Steelers. 
Obviously, that's technically a second-round pick, but I just threw it in here because it is basically a thir- first-round pick as well because it's 32. Um, so, yeah, there's the trades. The next mock draft obviously won't have trades, but we've done a lot of these, and I just want to include some trades every other one. Um, so, yeah, that'll be the pod. Um, I guess we can take a look. I'll, I'll give you the – so the locks, season two of of uh, KB and the boys. Um, sitting right now in the rankings, Nick sitting in last at two and four, Carter and Schmidt at three and three, and then me and Holmberg at the top at five and one. Parlay drops to 0 and two. I've been gifted the parlay, though this weekend have I? Yes, I have. I've been gifted the parlay, which I love. Um, but yeah, and then the playoff picks so far, I'm sitting at the top alone at five and one, Nick and Zach three and three, Colby two and four, Carter one and five. Happy with where I'm sitting. Um, but yeah, we'll have that episode, uh, Friday. Um, with KB and the boys, and I cannot wait for that, of course. Love doing that pod with them. Um, but, yeah, and uh, KUKC tonight, about an hour and a half, 6 o'clock tip in Manhattan. Should be a good one. I expect it to be a close uh, dogfight of a game, and I can't wait, though. I love going down to Manhattan and getting getting a win there if we can. Uh, we, usually, we usually do, but I think they're a better team this year than in recent years, so I can't wait. It uh, should be a really good game. But, yeah, we'll be back Friday with KB and the boys, episode 19. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.